Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, I'm Smita Mystery, and you're listening to Investigates, the podcast that lifts the curtain on some of the world's biggest crimes and mysteries. Today we explore what is considered Australia's largest UFO sighting. This goes back more than 40 years, witnessed by 200 people who say it was kept secret by the military. Now, before you say there's no such thing as aliens, let me tell you a little bit about what happened that day, 53 years ago, because what you're about to hear might just change your mind. The shape of them, the speed, the way they looked, I've never seen anything like it. It was 10.20am on April 6 in 1966 and just a regular day for students and teachers from Westall High School in Victoria. 12-year-old Joy Clark was in science class and was waiting for the bell to ring when a student burst into the classroom urging everyone to come outside. The reason? Flying objects in the sky. At first no one believed the schoolgirl, but as Joy rushed down to the oval with her classmates, well... She saw something she's never been able to forget. We were crouched down in the grass and we could see this big flattened circle of, of grass and there were guys in uniforms in there sort of digging things up and doing stuff. And then she said, oh my goodness, she got a bit scared and she said, come on, we better go, we've got to go. The Westall UFO encounter has gone on to become a tale that is told to generations of people. The government authorities, the Royal Australian Air Force, the Army, the Civil Defence Organisation, all responded on this day. Why did they respond and why, in addition to that, is there no information about this incident publicly available in any of the government archives? But what was it actually like on the day? Today, Joy is 65 and she still recalls what it was like seeing those unexplained objects in the sky all those years ago. It looked like a cup upside down on a saucer. But does she still believe that it was a UFO? Joy joins me today. Reports from that day in 1966 say witnesses, which included teachers and students like yourself, saw what many described as three flying saucers in the air. Can you tell us exactly what you saw? It was the 6th of April 1966 and it was a Wednesday and it was coming up to our Easter break and it was 20 past 10 in the morning or half past 10 coming up to morning recess and it was a clear blue sky. So couldn't have missed it? No. I can remember after we'd run out of the classroom and down out onto the oval, standing there and just trying to comprehend what I was looking at because I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. What did it look like if you had to describe it to someone? You know what? Well, it looked like if you want to, you know, say a flying saucer. That's what they looked like. It looked like a, a cup upside down on a saucer, and it was going fast, slow. 
Oh, they moved pretty good. They were they were hovering in the sky for quite a while, but the way they moved in in different directions was quite amazing. They could move, you know, left to right, upside down, you know, from one side to the other without any in great great speed, without what seemed to be seeming you know seemingly effortless, not not an issue at all. You know, we can go over there, so off we go. You know? And do you remember the colour? Did was there? A yeah, they were silvery, silvery colour, silvery colour, and um, I recall a very very slight noise like a hum, sort of a humming noise. They were hovering over the, over the power lines for a while. We had um, really big power pylons in the schoolyard down in down one corner and they were hovering over there for a while. But when the planes, when the planes came and buzzed them, it was like they were having a game with them because the plane would get close and they would just take off at the speed, you know, and they'd be up in the air and then the plane would have to do the big circle to come back and, you know, it was just like they were having a game with them. And the planes, are these army planes or...? No, no, they were just little... We The school was quite close to Moorabbin um, Airport, so we were quite used to seeing small planes and they were like little Cessnas. They were just little, little you know, small planes. Other witnesses from the day also described the objects, which were silver-coloured saucers the size of two or three cars, floating in the sky before landing in a nearby paddock. The objects stayed on the ground for roughly 20 minutes before they zipped back into the air and were followed by a number of light aircrafts. However, reports state that flight records from the day showed no commercial, private or military aircraft had been registered in the area at the time. Some reports even say that men dressed in black suits were warning everyone not to speak about the incident. That's correct. I wasn't approached by the men in black, so to speak, but I do know of people that were questioned by them because previous to that, it was like they were playing cat and mouse. There were five little small planes that came and buzzed around them and they were in the sky like playing cat and mouse. It was quite ironic. And then when they disappeared, I remember drifting around to the other side of the school and within probably 20 minutes hang, I was hanging over the fence and I saw the army. there was army jeeps that arrived. Now, they were guys that got out of those. They were out of the back and put the... Um, the back up and they were standing there and they were in their green green clothes and that's why I thought, well, they, they're army because they're in green. And um, they were standing there talking for a while and then they jumped back into the jeeps and took off back down towards the Grange. That's where the um, UFOs or sources had apparently came down and it actually made, uh, actually had landed. Was it scary or was it exciting? I mean, did- no, it was exci- I was very excited. I found the whole thing quite exciting. Um, some of the kids were, were frightened, but personally, I was very excited. It was very exciting. Oh my goodness, you know, I'm seeing something here that I've never seen before. And what is it? And what's going on? What's all these people? And, you know, yeah, it was a very exciting time for me. Did you believe in sort of UFOs and aliens and things like that before this day? Um, I don't know whether I believed in it, but I, my, you know, as I say, my personal belief is that they weren't of of this world, that they were definitely from somewhere else because I had never seen anything like that at all, ever. And I haven't seen anything like that at all since. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just couldn't believe what I was, you know, it took, like I said, I was trying to just comprehend and take in as much as I could about what they look like, 
you know, what colour they were, how they moved, did they have lights, did they make a noise, you know, I just wanted to absorb as much as I possibly could about these things because it was just something that I'd never seen before. And did teachers or, you know, the people that arrived um, try and explain, you know, what, what this was or was it just a very much this has happened, we're not talking about this again? Well, that's basically what happened. When, the, you know, we were all, we all had a special assembly later that morning and our principal got up and told us that uh, we weren't to speak about it. It was a weather balloon and we were not to talk to the media and, um, you know, just sort of tried to really calm us all down and sort of not, you know, say we hadn't seen what we'd seen, you know, it wasn't anything except something minor and and just no more talk. And what about what happened when you got home? What did your family think when you told them about about what you'd saw? When I got home, I was very lucky. My parents believed me. Some of the kids had parents who didn't, but my older sister was also at the school and she was around the other side of the school. She hadn't actually seen the craft, but she did take me down or we both went down later towards the Grange. That's the area where the the sources apparently had come down. I didn't see them on the ground. I only saw them in the sky. But we went into into the uh, part of the bush and the, where the grasslands were. It was really high grass and it was all flattened. She wanted to see. She said, I know you've seen something. We're going in to have a look. And um, we were crouched down in the grass and we could see this big flattened circle of, of grass and there were guys in uniforms in there sort of digging things up and doing stuff. And then she said, oh, my goodness, she got a bit scared. And she said, come on, we better go. We've got to go. So we we went home and um, I'd also been interviewed by Channel 9 out the front of the school that day and I got detention for that later (laughs) and (laughs) my sister had, you know, run in the house and mum and that, mum, mum, you know, dad, dad, Joy's got to be on the news tonight and I was. So, um, yeah, but yes, so that was sort of a, um, a talking point for quite a while around the table that night. Yeah, I can imagine. Unlike most UFO sightings, the Westall incident had a large number of credible witnesses. It was viewed in daylight and attracted a forceful response from police and the Royal Australian Air Force. Some witnesses say the metal objects landed in a paddock adjacent to the schools before quickly flying away, leaving large circles of flattened grass with well-defined discoloured edges behind. What do people think when you tell them today about what you witnessed, like, as a 12-year-old girl? Oh, look, I've had a lot of sceptics over the years on and off, and that's why most of the witnesses haven't spoken, because people have gone on to, to become all sorts of different, you know, in different uh, working things, have become lawyers and doctors and, and you know, um, policemen and, and whatever else, and, and perhaps have been worried, you know, haven't spoken because they're worried about their reputations being sullied, you know, people think that because there's a lot of sceptics out there, which is fair enough. And I personally don't have any issue with that, but, you know, I have endured over the years the comments about now, how drunk were you and what sort of drugs were you on and, (laughs) you know, all that sort of ridicule. Uh, But my comeback has always been, Well, you know, people are entitled to believe what they want to believe. I don't have an issue with that. But I have one question, and my question is, 
well, were you there? And, of course, the answer was always no. And my comeback is, well, I was. I don't have to justify myself to anybody about what I saw. I know what I saw and nothing will ever change that. And so, I mean, I guess the question, do you still believe it was something not from this world, even though? Yes, yeah, yeah I do. I personally do. Until, look, I will accept if someone can prove to me that it wasn't or they weren't, I would accept that. But the shape of them, the speed, the way they looked, I've never seen anything like it since, even in the really modern aircraft of today. There's nothing that even looked anything like that. What about your... um? Your husband and your family today, when, what, what, do you still tell them about, you know, what you saw that day? Oh, well, my husband, my husband knew, knew from quite, you know, when he first sort of we got together because my best girlfriend was also there. So we, we said, mentioned it, you know, so he knew. My son, my son didn't quite believe me for a while, but he, um, you know, he does, he does now. And my sister, of course, she was there too. So it's not. You know, she she has memories, not not the same as mine, but she still has memories. Do you know how many people saw it that day? I know there are um, accounts. Oh, lots. Say, there were lots and lots and lots. Hundreds. There was, it wasn't just it wasn't just the school either, because there were market garden, gardens opposite us, or opposite the school, because it was quite a, a rural area in those days. So the Grange itself was a huge area opposite the school, which you know consisted of bush market gardens, grassland, you know, it was a very rural type area. We used to have our cross-country runs there mm. when, you know, we'd, we'd go and run through the bush and run through the trees and the big pine trees and, yeah, and so there were people working in the market gardens that would have seen them as well or did see them, mm. so there you go. Researcher Shane Ryan has spent the last decade of his life looking into the sighting and has spoken to hundreds of witnesses that were there on the day. He does believe something strange occurred that day. I'm trying to be rational, I'm trying to be logical, I'm trying to be fair to the evidence. I often like to refer to it as a flying source because that's what it was called at the time. It was called that because that's what it looked like. A saucer turned upside down on another saucer or bowl. That was the shape that it presented. It was an unidentified flying object. It was seemingly a solid metallic looking object that flew that nobody could identify. Now, I think that's as much as we can say, but what is really interesting is the level of response to whatever this was. And I don't know what it was, but certainly the government authorities, the Royal Australian Air Force, the Army, the Civil Defence Organisation, all responded on this day. Why did they respond and why, in addition to that, is there no information about this incident publicly available in any of the government archives? They're some of the interesting questions. The Victorian UFO Research Society investigated the incident and Secretary Tony Cook says Westall remains one of Australia's major unexplained UFO cases. I had people from the then Victorian UFO Research Society that actually came to my home. Now, in those days, we didn't even have the telephone on, so I have no idea. They came the next day. There were three, was an American researcher, a lady, very glamorous lady, and another gentleman. And they came to our house and asked my parents, could they interview me and draw, and my sister as well. And um, then 
they took me down to one of the circles and took a photo of me standing in a burnt out circle and I have that photo and Shane also has that photo. So, um, yeah, as far as anything else, I, I, I know that a couple of the other witnesses had actually had the, had been within touching distance of one of the craft. And why do you think people are still so fascinated with it today? I think because it's probably because of the cover up. I mean, the cover up was pretty obvious. I mean, the whole the whole area just went virtually went into lockdown. You know, around there were police around and all sorts of things. I mean, when I was getting interviewed by Channel Nine, the the policemen there were about four of us or five of us at the front of the school, and the policeman came up to me and I can remember it clearly, and he put his hand his hand on my left shoulder and he said to me. Now you stop talking and you go back inside the school. And he turned his back on me and pointed at the cameraman and the reporter and he said, you stop filming and you go away. And since then, have have you seen anything else that has made you question or made you think that, you know, there is life outside of Earth? No, 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 not really. I mean, I'm I'm open to, I'm probably more open-minded about um, certain things like, you know, with what people experience these days because um, having been there and the hardest thing to deal with, uh, that's why people have been so closed about it, has just been the ridicule. It was all, you know, we were all told we were all stupid children, you know, you're all silly, hysterical children, you know, and you didn't see that. What you saw was a weather balloon. Well, it wasn't, they weren't weather balloons. It wasn't three weather balloons. And I guess that's and you then, can't deny what you saw. So what do you really believe no, it I was? Well, I, I can't. It is a memory that is burnt into my brain. I, I always say to people, have you ever had an experience in your life that has just been so not even traumatic or just exciting, something that is just stuck in your head from when you're a little child or as a parent you become a parent for the first time when your children were born just an event that has just stayed with you, you know, for your whole life, that's what happened to me. That This event has stayed with me forever and some things are fuzzy, yes, after 40, uh, 53 years they have to be, but there are some things today that are still as clear as they were on that day and I can never, never erase that. While hundreds of witnesses like Joy still maintain it was a UFO, Others say the object was new technology being tested, which is why the government attempted to cover up the incident and stop people from talking about it. Other reports state, just like Joy mentioned, that it was a Bureau of Meteorology weather balloon that was tracked into the area by the wind. And while a definite answer is yet still to be determined, one thing is for certain. It remains one of Australia's biggest mysteries. We encourage you to do your own research. You can check out the Facebook group, Westall Flying Saucer Incident, And if you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to rate, review and subscribe. If you have a story or a case or something you think needs further investigation, contact us at tips at pacificmags.com.au. And don't forget to pick up a copy of New Idea magazine or visit the website newidea.com.au. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next time.